Can you hear it? Imagine sitting in the waiting room of a crowded airport waiting to board your flight. It's a diverse group of people, young and old, families and business travelers, a full room with so much chatter and laughter that you can hardly hear the voice of the gate agent making her announcements. Suddenly, a small child in, there's a break in the noise and a small child's cry pierces the air. Mommy! There's a break in the noise, a pause in the chatter as at least one half of the adult women in that group of people stop what they're doing, look up and turn around looking for the source of the child's voice. The child's real mommy stands up, reaches over to her little girl, gives her a sippy cup and a cracker. The other female heads turn back to their phones, their books, their conversations. What is it about certain voices that instinctively capture our attention? Voices that carry so much life-giving meaning for us that they can break through the noise of our daily lives and bring us to a halt or cause us to change direction. I'd like to believe that as children of God, children made in the image of God, we all have this instinctive inner antenna a God-given inner ear placed in all of us that can pick up the voice of the Good Shepherd even in the midst of other voices. Sheep have this instinct. Barbara Brown Taylor in one of her sermons on Jesus the Good Shepherd remarks that shepherds never guide their flock from behind as cattle drivers do. If they attempt to do this, the sheep in front of them will simply get frightened and run around behind them. No, a shepherd leads the flock by walking out in front of them while calling to them to follow. The sheep, trusting and calm, then follow the familiar voice of their shepherd, a voice they have known since they were little lambs. What does all of this have to do, though, today as disciples of Jesus? I'd like to believe that we can easily hear God's voice, even when we're surrounded daily by other voices, less trustworthy voices, voices that can lead us into ditches or over cliffs or into dry wastelands where there are no grass, no water. But those other voices are everywhere, and hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd can be difficult. Last Friday, I decided to go see the movie Top Gun Maverick, starring Tom Cruise. I went with a couple of friends, all three of us claiming the identity of Christians. I went just for fun and relaxation to see a movie that wasn't too heavy, serious, or deep. 
I hoped for a movie with thrills, suspense, and action, with a happy ending, a little bit of tenderness, and the notorious, reckless, devil-may-care attitudes of Tom Cruise and his fellow Top Gun Navy pilots. Fun! The plot was uncomplicated. Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell has been called back to duty at Top Gun, the Navy school for elite fighter pilots, to teach and train the Navy's next generation of elite pilots for a dangerous, almost suicidal mission. Their goal will be to attack and destroy an unsanctioned nuclear reactor in an unnamed enemy country, then get out safely. The reactor is hidden in the bottom of a deep valley in mountainous terrain, protected by anti-aircraft detectors and missile launchers, as well as a nearby air station stocked with fighter planes. So far, so good. A group of brave young American pilots are going to destroy an unsanctioned, seemingly unoccupied nuclear reactor. Their actions may save many lives, but at the risk of their own lives, possibly. How altruistic can you get? Well, the time arrives to run the mission. Maverick leads the way, as a good leader should. He knows his flock of pilots as a good shepherd would, their strengths, their weaknesses, and they trust him as their teacher and leader. He's willing to be there with them in the midst of the battle. The mission scenes are suspenseful. I felt that I was in the middle of a video game as our side encountered fighter jets from the enemy side, as the enemy planes were targeted and blown up to prevent them from doing the same thing to our guys. There was at least one female pilot on our side. But sometimes it's necessary to step off of the dance floor and move up into the balcony and watch what's really going on in a movie or in a movie theater filled with mesmerized viewers. And at one point, I finally did do just that. As I stepped back, from my emotional connection to the action in the film, I realized that only once had I actually seen the faces of the enemy pilots as they flew alongside Tom Cruise and waved at him, thinking that he was one of them. Later, as plane after plane exploded into fiery balls, there was no sign of any human being, but I knew that real human beings were actually being killed just as they were trying to kill other human beings. All was not as it seemed. This was not a video game. This was violence of the worst sort, 
the glamorization of gun violence and destruction on the big screen, playing to rapt audiences and positive critical reviews in the New York Times. And I've been sucked into it as well. But wait, you might say, and I've heard this argument, isn't this actually a way of diffusing in a harmless way the latent violent tendencies that exist in us? A catharsis, or maybe a lifting up of a sacrificial hero figure that we need to have in our lives. Well, I'd like to use that reasoning. It would give me some excuse for being there or being sucked in, but truthfully, I can't go there. Our culture is filled to overflowing with movies, TV shows, children's cartoons, and video games that instill in us at an early age the idea that violence, including gun violence, is really sometimes an acceptable activity. At acceptable times, in acceptable situations, it can be an acceptable, even heroic and glamorous method of settling our differences, solving our problems, or expressing our anger. We are what we watch. We are what we read. We are what we eat. Do we eat this? Or do we eat junk food? With a steady diet of violence in our lives, we should not be surprised at the proliferation of guns and gun violence in our country, in our world, and the horrific crimes that ensue. Yes, we do need role models. Yes, we need heroes to emulate. But I can think of a better role model for leadership than Tom Cruise, AKA Maverick. How about Jesus of Nazareth, the Good Shepherd? He leads us out from in front, not from behind. He's been through everything we can ever experience and understands what it's like to be human. He knows each one of us our strengths and our weaknesses, and loves us because of them and sometimes in spite of them. He's willing to give up his own life to save us. He will not abandon us to the hungry wolves. We can trust him like we can trust no other. And most importantly, Jesus, the good shepherd, brings us life not death. He leads us, he leads all of us into green pastures, still waters, peace and joy, not barren, bombed out wastelands, dead bodies, and a world of despair. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is full of God's spirit and the one voice we need to hear. Listen with the ears of your heart, as St. Benedict says. In the midst of all the other voices, you will hear the voice of the Good Shepherd 
calling. Follow that voice. Amen.